This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and I'm with you until 7 o'clock this evening. First off, a big welcome aboard to our new sponsors, the local enterprise offices of Carlow and Kilkenny. The Leos, as they're known, play a key part in local business and we're delighted to have them associated with the programme. A big thanks too to O'Neill Foley, who've been a fantastic support to this programme over the last number of years. Thanks to Alan, David and all the team there and we look forward to working with them in the years ahead. It's been another busy week in business. Great to hear some success stories on the local restaurant scene. Namo in James's Street, Kilkenny are bringing their burrito bar to Carlow Town, expanding their footprint. Best of luck to Namul Hussain and all involved in the team there. While Doppio, a new cafe and restaurant, is now open in Smithland Centre in Lockboy, joining the Primo Italian and Mario's Diner, all owned and managed by Simona Dorette. And finally, in this good news corner, let's call it that, best wishes to regular bottom line guest Joe Brown, who has grown her luxury natural products business, established just in 2016, and grown is a bit of an understatement, because this day next week she opens a Joe Brown store in Kildare Village. So well done to Joe, and hopefully... We'll get a chance to chat to her about this latest exciting chapter in her business journey. It's important to get the good news out there because there is, of course, always bad news grabbing the headlines, such as the sad announcement today by Argos that they're pulling out of Ireland and uh, the closure of the store in Kilkenny already floated a couple of months back, but Carlow Branch to follow as well and sympathies to everybody, management and staff involved there. Not an easy day for them. But on a packed bottom line between now and 7 o'clock, this evening. Trish Finnegan will tell us about how 2023 sees her husband Damon and herself explore new opportunities as their business they started in 1990 that's Creative Catering closes its doors after 32 years. John Hurley of Kilkenny Chamber will be here along with Padraig Highland of Core Story and they'll be telling us about a special event for business at which Padraig will be sharing some insights on how businesses can better tell their stories. Last week we spoke about business plans, goals and objectives for the year ahead and how personal fitness and the correct state of mind are a vital part not only of business success but for personal well-being. Tom Britton of Marble City Travel will be joining us to tell us some of his story. But first, to economist Jim Power who I spoke with shortly before we came on air. The last time I spoke with Jim on air was last summer and at the time the omens for the economy were very ominous. Six months on as we head into another year I put to Jim that in spite of the war in Ukraine and all the other challenges, the fundamentals for the Irish economy do seem quite robust. Yeah, it's been an extraordinary 12 months, John. I mean, we've had the Ukraine war, we've had a surge in inflation, we've seen interest rates go up from zero to two and a half percent at a European Central Bank level, um, immense uncertainty at a global level, and yet the Irish economy just proved incredibly resilient. Um, and if you go through some statistics on the tax front, we took in 83 billion, which was, you know, vastly larger than we've ever collected before with income tax and corporation tax both very strong 
Um, we've seen exports grow by almost 27% in the first 11 months of the year. And it's not just the chemical and pharmaceutical sector. The agri-food sector is also doing very well and, in fact, is selling a lot of food and beverage into the UK market despite Brexit, or perhaps because of Brexit. Um, the labour market is just incredibly resilient. We had an unemployment rate of 4.3% in December, which is virtually full employment. We had, at the end of September, two. 0.55 million people in employment, which is the highest level ever. Uh, I could go on and mm. on, but uh, the but people like ourselves who would have amazing. kind of cut our teeth through the 80s, I suppose. Um, it used to be if the world caught a cold, Ireland and the Irish economy got absolute pneumonia. We seem to have got past that, and we're we're kind of beating some global trends. Well, I, I, I think first and foremost, the multinational presence here is incredibly important. Uh, you know, over 301,000 people employed at the end of last year. Um, those companies in chemical and pharma, in, even in technology, which is under pressure at the moment, they provide an incredibly strong um, foundation for the economy and the export form is really strong. So that multinational piece really... Um, is a huge anchor for the economy. But I, I also think, you know, as a small economy, we are credi- incredibly flexible. Uh, we're pretty pro-business and uh, we, just got on, we just get on and do it. And if you look at the contrast with what's happening across the water in Great Britain, um, you know, that, that is a lesson in how bad politics can destroy an economy. Mm. And you go back to 2016 and the decision on Brexit and it has just got worse and worse since then, whereas at least here we have political stability. Um, you know, we give out about the politics here, but at least it's pretty stable. It's pretty pro-business. So, yeah, Ireland is a very interesting case study. And, of course, the other thing we've succeeded in doing is we've dramatically reduced our dependence on the UK and the European Union and the United States are now two incredibly important export markets. But even into China, into the Middle East, you know, the export performance is pretty impressive. So I, I, I think the, the, it's the flexibility of the economy. It is the openness for doing business. Uh, it's all of those things and we're, I guess we're the ultimate ultimate globalised economy and mm. we're benefiting from all of that yeah, we uh, might let's com- hope it continues you know you can never become complacent about it absolutely we might come back to the UK but another big issue was inflation and going back to mid uh, last year I remember talking to the central bank indeed the governor who was predicting that you know inflation was going to slow down and I have to admit I was a bit sceptical myself many people were sceptical but it seems to be happening well, um, I think central bankers generally got inflation wrong, and the reason why was because of the Russian invasion of um, Ukraine on the 24th of February last. Um, inflation picked up all year, peaked at 9.2% in October, fell to 89 in November, and fell further to 8.2% in December. And the key reason why it's coming down is because of energy prices. You know, in the last three months particularly, we've seen oil and natural gas prices falling significantly. So that's having a significant impact on 
the energy component of the headline inflation rate. Uh, there are other parts of inflation that are, I think, now going to prove more problematical. Food price inflation in the last 12 months has taken off 12% year on year in um, December. And in fact, some canter who do um, grocery retail research, they are suggesting that grocery inflation is running at close to 15%. But anyway, CSO statistics say 12%. But that comes after 20 years when food prices were actually declining. And the other area which is obviously impacting significantly now is on the mortgage interest rate side. Um, mortgage interest costs are 22% higher than a year ago. And that's because the European Central Bank has been increasing interest rates. But I would expect over the next 12 months, the energy component to continue to fall. Um, I think food and services generally will prove stickier. But I would see the headline rate of inflation uh, declining significantly in the next 12 months. Mm. If you were to look at interest rates, Jim, we've been primed by the European Central Bank for quite a, a tough year ahead. Do you think it's going to materialise like they've been kind of trailing or indicating is going to happen? Well, w- one can only go by what they're telling us. Um, I'm I'm sceptical about the approach that the European Central Bank is taking because typically inflation is driven by excessive demand and the way to address excessive demand increase interest rates take money out of people's pockets make it more expensive for business to invest and demand weakens as a result and inflation comes back down Uh, this time around inflation is being primarily driven across Europe by supply problems it's food it's energy it's the stuff that was a direct result of what happened in Ukraine and increasing interest rates to address that is not the most sensible approach but it is the approach the European Central Bank is taking and the governor or the chief of the European Central Bank Philip Lane in an interview with the Financial Times earlier this week um, basically told us rates are going to rise further I would expect um, we've seen rates go from zero in late July to two and a half percent by December and I would expect at least another one percent in the next six months so I think rates are going to rise further and I think businesses and individuals should factor that in. Okay, there's no certainty, obviously, but based on what the ECB is telling us, I think that's what it's going to do. Yeah, the line that the Financial Times took from Philip Lane was, we haven't seen normal in Europe for a long time. We haven't really seen normal for quite a while. What do you think? Are we going to see normal into the future, or do businesses need to kind of reconcile themselves to constant kind of chaotic macro environment? Well, uh, since the global financial crisis in 2007-2008, interest rates have been at historically low levels, zero for a long part of that time. We've seen central banks engage in massive printing of money or quantitative easing. Um, None of that stuff was normal, but it has characterized the last 15 years or so. Um, The European Central Bank now believes it's starting to kind of normalize a little bit, and I think they would regard an interest rate where it is at the moment of around 2% as more normal than we've lived through for the last 15 years. Um, They are going to overshoot on the upside, as they say. I think there's another 1% probably to come. But I would say the European Central Bank will now be targeting um, an official rate of around 2.5% in the medium term. So that would be a semblance of normality. But I I do think that the greatest 
um, uncertainty emanates from political developments. Um, you know, we've seen the dramatic impact that Putin's invasion of Ukraine has had, and unfortunately, you can't see it ending anytime soon. It's impossible to see the off ramp for Putin at this juncture. Mm. So I think it's inevitable that the West is going to have to continue to provide weapons to Ukraine to fight this war. Otherwise, um, it could be a really dangerous situation. So that that continues. You can't see it ending. Mm. And you look at politics in the United States, it's incredibly fractured at the moment. You look at the UK situation, there is a semblance of um, more stability since Rishi Sunak became prime minister. Um, but uh, I, I, I think there's a lot going on beneath the water mm. that uh, is not particularly good. So, you know, global Caution. politics scares me at the moment. And I think it is those political developments that will make it very difficult to return to normal times anytime soon. So businesses need to be aware of the risks. They need to be aware of the volatility. They need to try and manage it as best they can. Uh, but it's uh, it's challenging. It's uncertain. There's no doubt about that. I'm more upbeat about the world economy um, than most forecasts are at the moment for the coming year for two reasons. One, China is reopening after the zero COVID policy and simply natural gas prices have fallen dramatically. They're still much higher than they were in 2019 pre-COVID, but relative to where they went to after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we're now at lower levels than you know, before the Ukraine war started. So they are two incredibly positive developments for global economic activity. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be a challenging year. Growth is going to be weaker than we've become accustomed to. But I don't think we're staring into the abyss of global recession. Always good to hear Jim Power and even better to hear him uh, talk so encouragingly about the prospects for the Irish economy. It's just coming up to 23 minutes past six o'clock. You're listening to The Bottom Line on Casey Law. After the break, we're going to be talking about a chamber chat with a difference which could help you tell your story even better. We're all in favour of that. Don't go away. KCLR, the bottom line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. You're listening to the bottom line, the programme for and about biz, just coming up to 25 minutes after 6 o'clock. I nearly said 9 o'clock because this programme used to be on at 9 o'clock in the morning. No more, uh, but we're back between 6 and 7 every Thursday. And a really interesting item now. Uh, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was 19th of November and 500 people packed into the Lyrath Estate for the Kilkenny Business Awards, the Blue Ribboned event on the business calendar in Kilkenny. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. Good evening, John. Good evening, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome back and uh, best wishes to everybody for 2023. And also I'm joined by Padraig Highland, uh, who is the CEO of The Core Story. Padraig, how are you? Very well, John. Thank yeah. you very much. Good. We'll talk to you in a minute. But, John, I said before the break that you're uh, having a chamber chat with a difference. Um, Podrick will tell us what he's going to be saying, but what's the story with this uh, chamber chat? Okay, so networking is a very important part of what we do and facilitate for businesses in Kilkenny, the opportunity for people to uh, meet and greet each other. And uh, our chamber chats are exactly meant for that, that they happen on the last Thursday of virtually every month of the year, except we skip a few in 
and summer and it enables people to come together. We always try to have an interesting speaker and we have blown the thing out of the water with our speaker this time round. Uh, Parik will talk to you about that in a second. But we wanted it uh, also to be perhaps something that could follow through from our last big event, which was, as you mentioned there, the Kilke Business Awards. And that's such a big event now at this stage that really we felt we needed to do more than just have a great night, which we had, uh, and have, you know, multiple winners coming out with awards. Uh, but what do they do with those mm. awards? What can they do with and that? And it's all about the accolade? story, because I know from covering the awards, uh, both in Kilkenny and in Carlow, that the businesses have a fantastic story to tell. And Padraig, that's your uh, core business and your business is called The Core Story. Just briefly tell us what's your story with your business. <laughs> uh, thanks. Sir. I'm a bit bad on puns, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, The Core Story. So we're an international business organisation. As a matter of fact, we started internationally and we've probably got more domestic or work with more Irish organisations now, but we'd help organisations like Heineken or Takeda Medical, etc., often tell their strategy story. So everybody's trying to engage somebody. Uh, if you're a large organization, it's probably your strategy to get your employees, and in particular in the current environment where you've, I don't know, great resignations, quiet quittings, pe- people disinterested. They're spending a lot of time trying to figure out, well, what's the new way to engage people? And that's the space we, we work in, is helping them figure out how to do that, and predominantly through story and developing their authentic story. And why is it important for businesses to tell their story? Because if I'm in a factory making widgets, I just want to make the widgets, make them faster, make them cheaper, and get them out the door. Why should I be telling a story? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, uh, what's happening is people are finding the research shows that highly engaged in people in an organisation uh, are far more productive the more engaged they are. So you're not just talking about telling the story externally it's internally, internally as well. Internally and externally and one leads to the other and we do a lot of inside out storytelling so mm. what's the internal story so a lot of the external story can be stories to target particular customers or whatever but if it's not done from an authentic place then sometimes that falls a bit flat so we work in that space with large organizations to help them figure out what their authentic story is that unique story they own that nobody else you know could tell Mm. most organizations believe it or not don't know what that is and yet it's very powerful if you can reveal it and it really is great at engaging everybody Mm. and uh, we often use the term we, we like to bring strategy alive for everybody in the everyday whereas in a lot of organizations in particular the larger ones strategy is something for the senior team to review once a year and then it's communicated in a way that isn't particularly engaging for everybody and oftentimes people are a bit reticent about telling their story i come across it the whole time like will you come on the bottom line and tell everybody about your fantastic son no i just uh, you know i don't want people to think i'm getting yeah. too big for me boots it's an interesting thing between modesty and getting yeah. the word out it's a very interesting dynamic and it's very common and in particular with smaller businesses believe it or not uh, so a lot of smaller businesses often your story is your only differentiator and you usually have an interesting story smaller businesses are founded by somebody they, you know so there's a founder story there's a passion usually the larger organizations it's very easy to you come across a lot of professionals so they mm. might be as connected to the business sometimes so 
uh, with the founders or the smaller business, usually their people have a, a much better connection. So, and their story is probably one of their best assets. Mm. But they may not be familiar with or aware of what their real story is or what their best story is. So, John, uh, you're, you're organising this event. Who are you hoping is going to come along? Well, uh, we're hoping everybody in our membership and, uh, and indeed their guests. It's a free event and it's open to all. Uh, we are targeting particularly people who have a story we'd like them to tell us um, and indeed some of them as Podrick has said um, probably have difficulty in knowing how they should tell the story and I'm reminded of a couple of years ago one of our, our overall business of the year uh, that year they told me a story afterwards that they had been trying to secure or get an opportunity to quote for a particular contract I think it was in Germany or somewhere like that and um, they were knocking on the door the door wouldn't open they couldn't even get in to give a quote uh, they won the award they put it on their letterheaded paper and all their documents they sent it in again this time the door opened mm. now they could give a quote and at least start a conversation so it's that kind of uh, thing that we're looking at and seeing how many of those or other versions of that have we got from our business awards just recently and how can we help those people going forward yeah I often see like people think their story is one thing but it's actually the really interesting story is something else how are you going to draw it out of people or what format will you do in the evening Patrick well it'll be a little bit of interaction so we'll bring some kind of insight around story and we'll talk a little bit about how story is used in business and then we'll do a little bit of work around to establish their story. And so should people be kind of up for participating and uh, sharing? Yeah, but it's, it's going to be Can like... Can hear some people going, oh, I don't know yeah. about that now, the yeah. people who sit at the back of comedy shows and so on. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be... I'd like to think it'll be interactive but in a very comfortable... Relaxed. It'll be a bit yeah. of fun. There'll be a lot of story sharing but there'll be no expressive dancing or, you know, anything that's going to be too out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just going back, to, I love that story about John because that John tells about that organisation. Because one of the things we we focus on with the smaller business in particular is trying to establish what's the story I should tell, and the way you get to that sometimes is by asking yourself what's the problem I'm trying to solve. In this case, you had an organisation that solved the problem, and the problem was they probably didn't have the credibility, or you know, for for this organisation, this organisation is going probably well. They're they're small. Who are they? Um, but just that little piece that tipped it over the line was the award from, from yeah. uh, the chamber. So it's actually finding the nugget among all the, the stuff. John, if people want to uh, register, do they need to register? Is it just rock up? Well, it'd be great if they would register, please uh, get in touch with us in the Chamber of Commerce or drop us an email, admin at kilkennychamber.ie yeah. um, and like uh, just to touch on what you said there, uh, people needn't be afraid. This is a networking event, so everybody there is keen to meet uh, each other and make new, new friends, new connections. Uh, so it's very positive uh, and you, everybody's welcome. Look, we'd love to get you back and hear how it went and indeed, Podrick, uh, you know, keep the stories coming because we love hearing stories uh, of businesses and John, maybe uh, we could do the expressive dancing and we could do maybe a multimedia, we could podcast it or something, uh, another. <laughs> Happy to try anything once, John. Oh, well, good on you, John. That's uh, John Hurley uh, and uh, Podrick uh, Highland there from uh, the core story uh, and you're listening to The Bottom Line. We're back with more after these. Yeah.
Casey Lauren and John Purcell with you until 7 o'clock with the bottom line, the programme for and about business. Now, last week we were talking on the programme about New Year's resolutions, setting objectives for yourself, growing your business, all that kind of stuff. But we were also talking about uh, well-being, you know, keeping a balance between work and life and so on. And I bumped in in the studios in Casey Lauren to Tom Britton, and I'd seen on LinkedIn that Tom had completed an Ironman World Championship, and I went, wow, Tom, that's uh, some achievement, and I'm delighted that Tom joins me in the studio, because Tom, you know, you didn't get to complete the Ironman in Hawaii overnight, and you weren't always Ironman fit, and you haven't always been, you haven't always got it together. You've had ups and downs getting to the, the pinnacle of that, and you're happy to share them. Tell us a bit about it. Um, well, the, the I suppose the story begins, really, if I go back to the, the days in the Brothers Field, the CBS, where I was looking up at planes. I had absolutely no interest. I'm probably one of the only Kilkenny people that just hadn't a sporting follicle in their body. I'm not far away, but... <laughs> Dangerous thing to admit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll watch out for the Scud missiles leaving here. But anyway, but um, so I just didn't have an interest, um, but I did have an interest in travel and obviously uh, business uh, and combined those two and opened uh, the, the, the travel agency on the back of that. But in Marble City Travel. Exactly. Mm. Uh, but in that period of time, uh, through growing up and all the rest of it, like uh, I hung out with uh, my pals that I grew up with were, you know, they were into soccer and all the rest of it. And again, I was just not good is is putting it mildly so uh, started working worked uh, threw myself into work and enjoyed it but then developed a whole world of bad habits and I mean really bad habits as in my diet was horrendous um, I, I didn't start um, I didn't touch alcohol till I was actually 27 but then I went off the other end of the scale and as work I used to work 70, 80 hours a week um, and I found myself leaving the office uh, late at night, maybe 11, half 11. You get home then and then you felt like you had to almost reward yourself for the day. So I'd sit down and again, like you're going back, whatever, 10 years now um, and you you could pick up a bottle of wine cheap enough and you'd sit down with a bottle of wine watching telly at stupid o'clock and and that became a daily event. You were heading in a dangerous direction. Well, this is where it kind of uh, it it landed on my on my uh, desk firmly when I was forty two. Um, and, and just to say, Tom. Uh, you had won the Business of the Year Award in Kikenny in 2012. Absolutely. And this is where... So you were top of the world. We were top of the world. Because I remember how emotional you were when you won that. That was... And that was... You could feel every extra hour you had worked. Uh, all the ups and downs that you have. I mean, we had come through the recession. The travel industry got absolutely torn to strips. We had gone back to two staff, uh, one of which was myself and I wasn't paying myself and I didn't do that for uh, almost two years so then to come bounding back at the time uh, was huge and we we grew quite quickly out of the recession as it happened but we uh, had a, a great company at the um our bank manager, uh, Ian, in, in AIB and Tullow was very extraordinarily kind to us at that time. Um, and he had kind of said, keep writing the checks. And we did. And we grew. And on we went. And that was fantastic. So the support we had from the, the guys in, in AIB Tullow was massive. But anyway, uh, so the Chamber Award was 
incredible and the same as what you were saying earlier we found it an amazing way of opening doors in countries where previously not so much that you'd have a problem getting into the particular country but if we needed uh, recognition it was like a steel a, a seal of approval onto our onto our uh, business cards so happy days um, that was one side of it but the tux because it keeps popping up on my on YouTube and LinkedIn or whatever but the tux I had on that night was a 52 inch jacket and a 42 inch waist wow. now when I completed uh, one of the Ironman races in 2018 I was down to a 34 inch waist and a 40 inch jacket there was six stone gone yeah. um, and that's where when I started this in, in 2015 uh, uh, there was five, nearly six stone in weight to be lost, and and that was gone. But Tom, uh, what's interesting is um, you were winning business. You won that award, and I think you won other awards as well. Um, you would have been an exemplar of a, a business that had been through a tough time, a resilient business, but it was taking a big toll on you. And that's where that's where all this well-being comes in, and where it's important for people in business to keep it in mind. And that's one of the things that I've taken. So I've maintained the habits uh, that I've now learned. So on a kind of a dark day, way back in the middle of, of uh, 2015, and I sat down with Johnny Cudahy and uh, uh, Dr. John in Airfield, and he gave me a very scary prognosis, as in, give me your car keys and walk out to the county hospital because you are going to have a stroke. That was the, the cold of it. So then you start going, okay, we need to do something else. But then I discovered you can actually have a balance in all of this so now I went to the other extreme in terms of exercise so most people will start with a couch to 5k or whatever um, uh, I started in, in up with uh, Eddie Sheen at the back of the clubhouse uh, uh, doing a bit of personal training and just trying to drag myself together because I decided I didn't want medication I started cutting down the hours from 80 down to 70 down to 60 and then started in part of it is uh, the mindset might have been well nobody can do it as well as I can but then you discover that you have a team around you that can probably do it twice as well as you can uh, uh, so then handing out some of the, the what we were um, our tasks and all the rest of it out to the rest of the guys and they excelled uh, and, and made us far better for it so, so now, you were probably working less but working better working smarter and feeling better well it's it's like a, a, a completely and it's like conducting an orchestra that you have the conductor he's not a great guitar player and he's useless on the drums uh but he or she can pull it together. So that's the way I kind of look at it now, that my job is just conduct the orchestra and do not go down and try and play the drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and run from the drums to the bass and try and play all the instruments. Try and play all the instruments because then you drop the ball uh, and it goes wrong. So talk to me a bit more about the habits then. How do you, like, because I think sometimes people expect habits to acquire you know to land out of nowhere but they take a while don't they and you'll fall off the wagon every now and again and you have to climb back up and difficult journey well as I was coming in here I put down the first note I actually had in my notes coming into you was consistency uh, so one of the things so I've I've had the look of meeting some great people um, from uh, dietitians um and Jackie Varley and then I've had coaches Ivan McMahon and my current coach Martin Kerwin and they're not trying to coach me to become Superman they're trying to coach me to be an ordinary athlete 
Um, and that's a word I never thought I'd put beside myself as athlete. But anyway, uh, consistency. So getting out. So if you set yourself, and I mean, there's a couple of things. In that 2015, when I went into 2016 and I started running, now the modern term on it is intermittent fasting so applying a certain kind of diet I actually started doing all of this by accident because what was happening was I started eating better uh, I started cutting out processed food I didn't look at a chip uh, for most of 2016 or 2017 um, and was able to live and enjoyed the food I was then eating I started going to bed early as in I was going to bed at like half eight at night uh, and sleeping solidly um, and all of the, the somebody put a term out there sleep is our, is our great superpower and it really is it gives your body a chance to your mind a chance to, to refocus itself so I got into those habits and then it meant during the day I was fresher. I um, my memory. So where I, I at the moment my memory isn't great, but as I settle back into a, a training routine, my memory will actually come back mm. because um, you're you're fresher and you're you're just working more. And it's worth saying, Tom. Um, you know, you did the Ironman uh, that Ironman Challenge or the World Championships. Just quickly tell me, it's a. Uh uh, how, how far do you run? How so far do you swim? The, and these are all the same. Wherever you see an Ironman done, they're all the, the same distance. A three point eight kilometer swim. Three, uh, run, yeah. And then you run water. Uh, then you cycle one hundred and eighty kilometers, and then you uh, finish with a full marathon, which is which is forty two kilometers. And suffice to say, at the start of this process, you couldn't swim. Couldn't swim. Uh, yeah, I uh, took uh, swimming lessons up in Hotel Kilkenny in 2016. Uh, the bike part of it was questionable um, and then the uh, the running even to this day because I remember 2016 was my first marathon and that happened over a four month period mm. uh, John Walsh had um, uh, interviewed me the morning I was flying out to Washington and he said what do you expect to do the run in I said about four hours if it's okay I've never actually hit four hours 4.06 is my best so far but um you do one of those and you have to do all this. It's a, a compressed time. It's 17 hours uh, that you have to put all those things together. But one flows into the other. Mm. Finally, Tom, you know, I've met a few people. I met somebody over Christmas and they were they were um, they weren't at the best weight. They didn't look healthy. And when I asked them about how much time off they got, I kind of worked it out that about Sunday afternoon, maybe for two hours. And that was about it. And I could see that person I wasn't heading in a good direction from what I could see. What would you say to somebody like that who maybe say, like, yeah, maybe I do, you know, work is getting the better of me a bit of a way like a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step what's the first step go and see your doc and uh, let them do a medical on you and it could become the most sobering thing you ever do because when you're when in my instance I was effectively told I was going to expire uh, and you go I'm 42 and I might not be around next mm. year then work becomes a secondary yeah, yeah. point um, and so then are there any particular tips you give people to whip it all into shape? Like, what are the key things, key books, websites they should look at? Who inspires you to to keep on the track? Because it can be a lonely track. 
it's it's triathlon in itself is particularly lonely um, but there are Kilkenny has a great triathlon club within that it has great coaches so there's great swimming coaches they have lessons every or um, swimming sessions uh, lessons during the week uh, so you can go and get into a club atmosphere that was one of the mistakes I made I, I stayed at the back of the class and I didn't ask questions there is a wealth of information and that's one of the things I know you can Google it and you can look on YouTube on you go insane but one of the things I've taken is that if you meet people that actually do something so when I wanted to change my bike I sat down and and met guys that are into bikes and they were able to tell me this bike or that bike or the other bike is the one to go and the same with nutrition I went and found Jackie Farley she guided me on my diet Mm, so there is a way so if you're sitting out there and you're feeling you know what there's bits of what Tom is saying is uh, resonating with me there is hope there is discipline and Tom you come back and talk to us again anytime yeah well look you're a, a great example and thanks for your honesty and uh, for your inspiration and uh, great to see you and congratulations on that uh, Ironman that fantastic thing I can only uh, imagine the pain you went through but uh, well done This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell with thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services for more information see localenterprise.ie Casey Lauren indeed I, I like that fancy echo echo um, John Purcell with you until 7 o'clock on the programme for and about business packed show this evening but I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Trish Finnegan uh, a business person who I've known for many years and who uh, would be known f- to many people uh, as uh, running creative catering along with her husband Eamon and you've run it for 32 years but Trish you've taken uh, the decision uh, to wind the business up and you're moving on to exciting new chapters yeah yeah after 32 years I'll be 33 in April John it's mad to think that it's that long ago yeah um, and you were just reminding me of when you celebrated your 20th which uh, I was I nearly said that most stupid things when you celebrated your 20th a few years ago but it was actually 12 years <laughs> it's ago 12 years ago yeah yeah, d- yeah time flies 13. oh yeah yeah mad that was a great day yeah now I, I it's a much overused um, word but uh, journey you had quite the journey getting to where you are now so you're at a a waypoint in the journey Uh, why are you changing well we've been at it for 33 years almost um it's a outdoor catering is hard physically um our three lovely children are grown up and gone and Eamon retired yeah so there is um I moved on a couple of years ago. I took a big step back in 2015. I went back to college. Um, We stopped doing really big functions. um, And it's just time to move on. We're also moving out of Dunhamagam, where we've been for the last 31 years, and moving to the sea, down to Tremor. So Ah. it's, um, it's just a it sounds real twee a new chapter in our lives yeah yeah well you it's know? a it's an apt one and how's Eamon Eamon's good he's great sitting outside won't come in I know I was very <laughs> disappointed yeah I was going I had a whole few pages of questions about husband and wives working together and all that sort of stuff uh, how was that it was it was great because Eamon is a very relaxed person he's the chef but he's not your typical chef Really, you go know, on, tell us. Um, he's very calm in the kitchen. Is he really? Very calm. Yeah. We used to do this uh, job up in uh, for Doyle's at the Shamrock. 
um, a while ago and they were surprised at how much fun we would have at the kitchen. You must have stories to beat the band. Oh, tons, tons of stories. Really? Yeah. Just give us a quick one. Well, at Doyle's at the Shamrock, um, we created a new dessert called the Dooley Crush because we had, he's going to kill me now if he's listening, but we had this young chef working with us called Brian Dooley and he was making up meringue nests, you know, filled with cream and he had them on a tray covered with cling and heading off to the fridge with it when he dropped it. <laughs> so instead of an eaten mess, they became the Dooley Crush. The Dooley Crush. Put them, the, put them on the menu. As I Dooley suppose Crush. that's how things are invented really, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A cookbook maybe in, in Eamon's retirement might be on the menu, would Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Sauce chef is Eamon that's chef. why all his food tastes so great so if you can make a good sauce you can make you a good casserole yeah. and a good any. and any so tell us um, your husband and wife team but there must be many people you want to thank after so many years in oh, business absolutely all our lovely wonderful staff now you mentioned the 20 year party we had in Castella Hall and I remember at the time I was just looking I told you just be- before we went in there that I was going through the box we had about 300, 400, 350, 400 people there. And a lot of those yeah. were our, our staff because our the kids, I used to call them the kids, the kids who worked with us, you'd get them at 16 and you'd train them up and they'd they'd work through school and college with us and then they'd So somebody go that off, so. was doing that like 32 years ago must oh, be yeah. like, you'd be doing their 50th if you were kind of keeping in business well, nearly. We've actually done a wedding for somebody who worked with us and we've done christening and yeah, it's a bit... It must scary. be a very sociable business. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 When you get to meet some uh, fabulous people and you get to to feed some great like we'd done the two presidents the two women presidents Mary Robinson and Mary McAleese actually do you remember when Mary McAleese was here um, and she did the rounds Hmm. Um, we fed her about four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> what are the dietary, dietary uh, requirements? What kind of sandwiches? No, you probably had the official secrets act. Yeah, I do, yeah. So Bertie Ahern, Mary Harney, trying to think John Purcell of KC Love. Oh. Fed him <laughs> Very fussy for him. Terrible, terrible fussy. <laughs> Absolutely, and, yeah. And things have changed, you know, diets have changed. Yeah, so that's true too. vegetarian are the, yeah, yeah. the big ones. But you're, you're moving to the sea, so is that goodbye to Kilkenny? Yeah. Yeah, like Kilkenny is like second home. Yeah. You know, when people say, where are you from, Trisha? I'd say my first reaction is to say Dublin, which is strange because strange I've spent, true. spent more of my life in Kilkenny than I have in Dublin. Yeah. That's well, Trisha, unfortunately, we have to wrap up the programme. Anyone you'd like to give a shout out to before we uh, pull down the curtain on creative catering, I suppose, on this programme? Anyway, you're, you're, you're pretty much have it all put to bed. Yeah, just one last thing. We have a ton of cutlery, of, of crockery and cutlery at home so uh, that we're, we're selling. So if anybody, even community um, halls or mm. anybody like that wants some, just the info at creativecatering.ie is still out there. And to thank people, well, Casey Law was great to us but also Kilkenny County Enterprise Board or LEO as it's called now the many many um, customers we've had over the years around Kilkenny Mm. Um, we've enjoyed every minute of it well listen Trish we have to leave it there and uh, thank you for all on behalf of all the people over the years thank you very much for all the lovely dishes and best luck in the next chapter to you and Eamon thank you 
Look, that's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Thanks to all our guests, Jim Perra, Podrick Hyland, John Hurley, Tom Britton and Trish Finn. Thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produces the show. Thanks most of all to you for listening. Any comments or ideas, uh, you can email us at the bottom line at kclr96fm.com and if you'd like to listen back, you can search for The Bottom Line on KCLR on the Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. We'll be back next week just after the news at six. Do stay tuned to KCLR coming up on Saturday big interview on Scoreline uh, do stay tuned for that lots more to keep you entertained Farm Programme is next but until we speak again do take care The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell with thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services for more information see localenterprise.ie